Isbe, get your shit together in three, two, one. Do it. Didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Grip Chat, where a group of DMs get together every other week and discuss the important things in life, like how I might not... This might be a bad episode. I Full disclosure, <laughs> I have had a lot of pain-based medication. I've lost a lot of blood. Uh, and then I decided I can handle a glass of wine. Turns out, no, I couldn't. <laughs> so... Here I am. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. My girlfriend was like, hey, do you need me to check up on you? And I said, no, I'll be fine. So don't make a liar out of me today. No, this week, fuck, we've got Adam Perry. Hello. We have with us a Chase Greenlee. Greetings and salutations. We have Emily Kuklinski. Wine may look like blood, but it's not usable for a blood what? substitute. What? No, so I can't say my name now. What? In what circumstance? Ismay just said that she lost a lot of blood. Uh, and that she's drinking wine. It's not that big of a callback. I thought that you were talking about fucking sacrificial ritual, Emily. Yeah, I, I just got done reading a book that, like, a, a real ass book that includes a lot of, like, blood sacrifice in early oh. Paris. As, as opposed to those fake books you find online. No. <laughs> You know, but like no, like like a a, a nonfiction book that includes Ooh. like blood sacrifice and shit. I need to jump on that. It's called City of Light, City of Poisons. It's about the affair of the poisons in uh, late seventeenth century France. I'm gonna read about how to do. Wait, is it like a how-to manual? No, no. Okay, it is then a... I don't care about your stupid books. <laughs> <laughs> your host is my Hutton. And this week, uh, we are talking about making level-appropriate adventures and obstacles and things for your players and how to do that damn thing. I'm only, like, I'm going to be generous to myself and say 60 to 65% able to understand anything that's being said to me at the moment. So you're just going to be talking to the void that is my brain. So that's good. Um, But yeah, so we're, yeah, we're going to talk about how to do the damn thing. I feel like we should start from low and go high mm -hmm. for like how to how to do the thing because i personally for me one of the things that is uh the worst is low level adventuring oh. when <laughs> it, anything more than a goblin will kill you no i disagree it's the best it's the perfect time between D and D, but they're not too cocky to think they can take on anything it's great. See, my, my problem I feel like is I've not had that experience of I've still had like the level one players that are like, right, well, in my backstory, I fought 5,000 armies and won, so this one goblin shouldn't be a problem, but oh boy, it is. Yeah, that's a hell of a backstory for somebody at level one. Yeah, they always do it, and I try to make them <laughs> not. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, this is fine if you want, but you are level one, so you're going to be very disappointed in your ability in crushing people. People and they're like, oh, it's fine. I killed a dragon. No, you didn't. No, but I want, I want it in my backstory. Yeah, the, you can't have it in your backstory. Yeah. For first piece of advice: nerf your backstories. 
before you start nerfing monsters, nerf yeah. backstories. Make everything, make it so that it's it's reasonable because a level one is barely a step above a com- a commoner. We yeah. all in our lives have met people that are level one in D&D. Ooh, everyone take a moment and wonder if you are a person that might in fact be a level one D&D character. <laughs> I am! Ooh. I'd like to think I'd li- that I am. I'd like to believe I'm I am. level 20, bitches. You guys need to work on your confidence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to quite literally yeah, get on your Yeah, work on your confidence, please. Adam <laughs> Perry, I was round at your house literally no, yesterday. Right, right, no, what? right, we're not going to talk about the golf. We're not talking about the golf. I'm not level 20 in, I'm not level 20 in golf, Esme. Golf with friends? No. no. We played golf with friends and every single round you were right, right? And just did nothing and launched yourself into a body of water that might or might not, not have been Not true. I bullied Brogan. That was what I was doing. You know what? You were level 20 at bullying my girlfriend and that I can appreciate in a person. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. I want to ask a question now. Yes. We're, we're all adventurers. Yes. What are you level 20 at in your human life? And what are you level oh, one at in no. your human life? <sighs> uh. See, I feel like I would... Right. I would probably be level one at probably like a cleric or something that would be useful. Clerics are useful. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would be level one at being oh. useful. Uh <laughs> I feel like a le- I feel like a- level twenty. I would go either maybe bard because I for some reason people enjoy my company and that's good for me. Uh, <laughs> or I might be a-, a little bit of like a an up myself bitch and say maybe I could go a bit monk because I've got like that heightened flexibility. Oh yeah, you do yoga. I've got, like this going on. You can't see it if you're listening, but I'm doing punches. I'm doing punches. I see here. punches. Cats so fast. So I don't. I don't think I am level 20 in anything because I am so jack of all tradesy. Oh. I think I'm a multi-class. Ooh. I'm a multi-class. I think I think I'm 10 bard, 10 ranger. Because 10 bard cuz every job that I have had has had some sort of degree of like I have to talk to people, I have to do, you know, be able to like manage shit. Yeah. <laughs> um but the other the other 10 is in ranger because my entire young life my uh, dad was a uh, summer camp director, so <laughs> I I effectively, my parents were a- absolutely the stop being in the house, go outside. I'm I'm tired of looking at you right now. Go be go be amongst the trees. And we lived in a remote enough part of the state where that was just fine because there was oh. nobody else out there except for the camp counselors who they hired. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Like I, I like the idea that modern rangers are just camp counselors. That that treats me right. That treats me very yeah. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Adam? Oh, it's like strictly character classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, everyone's gonna say bard, aren't they? Like, I'm a performer. I mean, yeah, we're all here. we're doing a podcast. Yeah, a podcast. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> I'm a, for the course. Like, I've I've studied for over a decade in in, in theater and acting stuff like that. If I if Bard is off the table, I'd probably be a goblin that got killed at like the start of a campaign. <laughs> and just not, like a living corpse yeah. child. Uh, That's mm. good. You know what? <laughs> Maybe like I don't know. Oh, let's face it, warlock. I makes it. Hey, I like that for I. I, I like, like warlock. I, I almost went warlock too. I couldn't pick a sugar daddy though. I'll take it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll take anything. any sugar daddy. A- anything. Anyone. Oh, no, neither you did your level ones. Like, what would you guys be level one at? Oh, I <sighs> forgot about the level one aspect oh, fight. of this. Fighter. Fair. Absolutely fighter. Probably wizard, because anything and everything could probably kill me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that is a very level one wizard fucking problem. Uh, what about you, Emily? What are you level one and level 20 at? Well, ignoring bars. Yeah. Because we're all, we're all, hey, we're all fucking charismatic bastards. Look at us. I think I would be a level 20 uh, druid because Mm. of how well I play Stardew Valley. And every time I play The Sims, I have a garden. (laughs) Oh, I was so excited for three seconds to talk about plants with you because I love plants and gardening. I was like, nope, nope, it's just talking Stardew Valley. All my favorite video games involve planting, fishing, and being a farm boy. I also live in Nebraska. So I'm like an E-Clair, or I'm an E-Druid. An (laughs) E-Clair? Um, and then my level one, uh, throwing away the obvious, which would, well, I, I, I don't think I'd be a level zero fighter. I used to throw shot put Ooh, uh, and do rugby. So I think I'd be uh, a yes, right. yes, of course. Rugby players and shot putters, the most famous martial artists of all time. <laughs> I would, hey, I've seen rugby that. play. That's yeah. not oh, nothing. That's not- I, I once heaved another woman into the air with me and threw her down. Oh, shit. I would pay money to see yeah. that. Do you have video was this during? Was this during no. the shot put? Because you're meant to throw balls, not people. <laughs> no, I did save somebody from getting hit by a shot put once, though. Because the one girl threw it completely off center. And I'm like, ah! Why would he end the field? And uh, I saved her. Emily might be a fighter. Might be like a decent level of fighter is the thing now. Um, I don't know. I would say like my level one... Would probably be what's the what's the thiefy one? I forget the thiefy rogue? one. Rogue. I wouldn't be a rogue. The thiefy one. I'm, I'm, I, the I like thiefy, the thiefy one. one. I would not be a rogue in real life. That's fair. I would be so bad. I'd be like, hey, do you guys want to come to this party? <laughs> You're like, yay! Is it okay if I take this? No. Oh, okay. Ah, beans. Ah, but ah, beans. So. Well, she said yes, but what episode are we doing? <laughs> I like making, this game. I... Making level-appropriate oh, yeah. adventures. I remember that. Look, it's written down on my sheet. It's actually not. What's written down on my sheet is level-appropriate I'm. Am I drunk? I, I, I think it might be. Is this is bad? Oh well. Well, level a prop vam. I'll oh. tell Brogan to search the <laughs> cupboard. I still think that there's mold in here, but it's fine. Look, don't worry about my situation. How do you make like good like uh level appropriate adventures for like level one characters? First off, uh, I've I've been a part of uh, so a lot of people doing their first time of DMing, and they're like, oh, this will be fine, and then they do what's been told of them to do which is just fight goblins and stuff and then people die because goblins can still kill you at level one because you're made of nothing mm-hmm. I, I actually have a relevant thing and this will be my last relevant thing so feel free to listen <laughs> feel free to listen crit chat feel free to listen sit a while and listen as we talk about relevancy you, you can always take like super beefy monsters and nerf them down uh, one time to make a more interesting beginning, I took a very sickly dragon 
and had them kind of go into an encounter with the sickly dragon, um, which they weren't entirely sure was sickly. And so they were freaking out the whole time about how are we supposed to hit it? And then slowly they began realizing, oh, half of its shots are missing. It's not moving. And then if they explored it a little bit more, they figured out like different things about it that were weaknesses. I want to help a so, dragon, not kill it if it's ill. That's, that's mean. <laughs> which is what they ended up doing. Yeah. Oh, the dragon was just sick. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Because they were like, oh, we won't hurt you, but they still got a heck ton of... They didn't get a hack ton, but they got some pretty good XP from it. And it wasn't just goblins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although goblins are still fun and cool. It's I mean, just, yeah. But yeah. they do kill your players at level one. Yeah, because it was in a situation where if they wanted to, they could kill the dragon. But they could also help the dragon, and they wanted to help the Aww. dragon. See, that's good. And then it's good because then they're trying to figure out what kind of players they are. Are they like the good guy players or are they the smash and kill? And they realized, oh, we're the helpy players and which helped me figure out what kind of encounters to make for them. That's really good. Yeah, that's a good like judge of judge of character kind of thing it shows what kind of campaign they would like. Like, If they went in, they're like, rounds of dragons, murder time. You know, you know what you're in for for the rest of campaign. Whereas instead, they've got they've got dreams of having friend dragon that they I'm going to assume believed would follow them around and help them at every point along the journey, and we're a bit sad that it yes. didn't. Sometimes he would appear as like a little like apparition, just like oh. like little inspiration dragon would show That's up. That's very good. Yeah. What was his name? I think his name was Clarence. Oh, I love Clarence. <laughs> Clarence is very pure. <laughs> he provided clarity. That's why his name was Clarence. So that's my helpful tidbit. Okay, thank you, Evelyn. Now you go back to being your designated role as unhelpful. Thank you. This was enough out of you. Giant Sadduck! <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> no, one, no one in the podcast can hear the, the giant Psyduck. That's okay. He brings me joy. That's good. Like, I do just get to look at a giant Psyduck now, and that's good for me as a person. People listening, uh, she has a giant Psyduck plushie. If you are uh, listeners of Half Damage, you will be very well acquainted with this giant Psyduck who takes up a lot of our podcast. <laughs> For good reason. He's a good boy. He used to make noises. He doesn't anymore. He's taking a vow of silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good boy. Uh, Adam or Chase, do you guys have any good, like, level one encounter tips? If you're specifically starting at level one, don't be afraid to uh, dig back into fourth edition, uh, which is... uh, has some of my favorite mechanics in it, even though the the sum of its parts maybe <laughs> were a little bit less than, yeah. but it did have a lot of interesting mechanics. And one of my favorites, the one that I still use to this day, is minions. Okay. Which is all of the monsters have all of the, no- exactly, one hit point, everything else is just the same. So it really gives them, and this is great at higher levels too, because it can... Uh, give a simple encounter a very kind of stormtrooper you know waves of bad guys that your party can easily dispatch but in the earlier levels it makes standard encounters feel more doable because especially if you know you're going up against several people or several goblins and you know it's looking a little dicey this fresh one that they just hit yeah that's just one hp that's 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 fine let's go ahead and even out that action economy there real quick I like that. I, I've always liked the minions. One of the games that I was in at one point used a bunch of minions, and it fe- it feels very good 
to have a character mm-hmm. in the middle of a battlefield and they're like, okay, what, like, how much damage do you do? Oh, 24. Oh, yeah, you just, like, shoot 24 of these guys in a row with a bow and arrow. You're a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Like, it's very cinematic. My my other recommendation is uh, unless you are working, unless you're doing something very specific or playing with brand new players, don't start at level one. Yeah. Uh, start at level yes. three. You're beefier. That's when you start unlocking the cool stuff for veteran players. Uh, that is when the the cool toys really start getting broken out so that there's a little bit more to do. And it lets your players actually build a little bit with uh, something more in mind at the beginning. And still design encounters for like level one. That lets you as a GM kind of gauge where the litmus test is because no two parties, no single party eat run by two different sets of players are going to play things exactly the same way. Some of them are going to be great. Some are going to be eh, maybe a little less technically, mi- uh, rather tactically minded. Uh, so bumping them up to level three means that you have a little bit of a cushion to kind of gauge exactly how beefy this party is going to be in combat. Yeah, there, there might be a, a, a silver lining to this episode being this. I don't choose the episodes anymore. So I wish I could say that I was doing this in like a, a way that was benefiting me specifically. Uh, Sarah, our sweet, good podcast mom now just t- does all the hard work for me. Uh, but this is a very good thing for me because uh, this coming Thursday, so in two days time from when we're recording mm-hmm. this, uh, I am doing a the start of a campaign for a bunch of very, very new players. So we're starting at level one. Nice. So, you know, this will, this yes. will be helpful for Ismay for how to give them interesting cool things to do instead of just be like and here's some goblins in a cave that you might die to don't worry about it Mm -hmm. but yeah like normally normally starting at level three if you your players have you know had a few games under their belt is a really good start because then you get to do interesting stuff and they're not killed in one single hit if that goblin does a crit on you oops what about you adam what what good level one advice you got well, n- not to be a contrarian, um, but I, I always start my players off at level one, regardless ah. of how their experience is. Fair. And I'll treat the level, uh, they'll always level up to level two straight away after that session. It's Level one is only for one session for me. Um, and I use that session to uh, do a lot of opening cinematics. I'll do a lot of building the world and showing what the players need to see and I'll usually keep it extremely linear there's no branching paths nowhere for them to go etc they just follow the path that's been given for them so I've just recently started a new Theros campaign um, and to start that off with I killed them immediately and placed them in the underworld <laughs> As you do. Um, That's easy to do at level one. I wish Sarah was here. If Sarah was here, um, then she would give a resounding yeah. yes. Um, Mur- murder your darlings, baby. But but I, they didn't get any combat or anything. The opening cinematic was them waking up in the underworld, and then uh, they had to escape through the underworld and get back out to the surface level. And through that, I gave them certain trials. Um, I introduced the mechanics of the game, so saving throws, uh, ability checks, I gave them combat. I'm really, really good at balancing combat levels, so I know what's going to work and what's not going to work and how many hits that they can take and how many they they can't, assuming they miss. And it lets me set the world up for them and lets them know, let them know what to expect. Blatantly make make obvious what is going to kill them. So halfway through the trial, they had uh, a schism that split a room. And they found out quickly that if you fell into it, it was a repeating cycle and they would just fall to their death after they hit something. Um, so they were like, right, let's not jump into that. So as long as you, I think as long as you clearly illustrate all the dangers and all the bad areas, then they, 
if they listen, good, and if they don't, that's their uh, that that's their fault. Um, I think designing level one encounters should be literally just an idiot's guide to D and D with as much flavor and as much lore and stuff as you want to put into it. And then at the end of that session, as soon as they long rest, that's them level two. And then level two to level three should take two sessions, and then level three onwards is where you should. I usually start to either open up the story, um, or level five is when I start to open it up into more branching paths and things like that. Yeah, I like the level one being a lot like uh, how TV pilots work. Now that that's just what yeah. I'm writing. But um, the first episode of your pilot isn't a whole lot of action. It's really just setting up yeah. questions that they'll have to discover later on down the road and, and figuring out relationships. Like, theoretically, you could write the entire level one as a cinematic and then they just start at level two or they can play it. That's kind of how I do it. Yeah, so really at level one, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't really be throwing too much stuff their way because the only time to have a person... I don't know. In my mind, the real reason why you have someone start at level one is either to help with the pacing of your story or because they've never played before and to introduce all the mechanics. So I don't mm -hmm. think you really need a combat encounter at level one. I think you just need them Not at all. to be faced with situations and learn. Because combat is kind of easy to figure out. What's hard is figuring out how you interact with the world and you need to give them a lot of world interaction yeah. that first go. And if you want to give them a little yeah. bit of combat, you can throw a rat their way <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> oh. But then just have them move forward. I threw a Cerberus at them. <laughs> yeah, you know, rat, rat. Cerberus, one of, one, of, one of those, one of those ones, you know? They, it worked out fine. There was four of them versus one Cerberus. They all got their hits in. They all killed it. It done almost no damage to them because of low rolls. It was all good. Yeah, I really enjoyed those two. Those two very wildly different. It's like, look, you don't need you don't need any combat. But if you're gonna throw combat at them, it might as well be a Cerberus. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I very much enjoyed. Yeah. The the idea of it just being mostly a cinematic event because I I think that especially based on what D and D used to be and the kind of perception of it continuing always seems to be very combat based because what it was about back back in the day and so yeah that, that's the main thing that people think of when they think of encounters but yeah giving giving people like fun encounters that are not combat based is a good way to start like when they're at level one because it makes them see that it's like it's not all going to be stabbing and stuff if that's the campaign you want to do if you want to do a campaign that's mostly stabbing and murder then like yeah throw them shit at level one because then uh, yeah um, i think that at that point though that's a conversation you want to have with them before oh, you even yeah. be begin like do you do you want a combat campaign do you want a role play campaign do you want somewhere in between and the answer is always somewhere in between because <laughs> they don't know what either ends of those spectrums actually are um uh... The combat end of the campaign is go play another TTRPG that's suited to that, and the roleplay end of the camp that uh, spectrum is go play yeah, another yeah. TTRPG that's suited <laughs> to that. I I love Dungeons and Dragons so much, but so much of my life is me being like, I mean, I could play a other system that's definitely better suited to what I want to be doing, but here I am starting another new oh, one. Oh yeah, well, I play D and D. I just play Fifth Edition because that's what everyone plays. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a, and I, I've spoken in depth about this to my friends, but I have a severe problem with people that just play 5th edition and try and make it about like Star oh. Wars or fucking, uh, okay. and like, like if that's thing. what you want, 
that's totally fine. Like you do you, I don't judge. Do you have fun? There are specific <laughs> tabletop RPGs dedicated <laughs> to Star Wars, to whatever the fuck else you want to do. Stop cramming fifth edition into it. Take away your safety net. I, I, I need some Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, we're still. Where's your spoon? Where did your spoon go? Out of bed? You're just using oh, your hands. <laughs> Dipped your whole hand into it and start sucking down. <laughs> like, like Winnie the Pooh. Like, <laughs> no, no, my Nutella. I, I, I was stressed, okay? God, I love having the webcast. That's <laughs> a new dynamic. We got to be there for when we were talking. Adam Perry said something and then just left the no, room. Someone was, uh, someone was at my door. I had to go. Oh, my God. What oh, is God, that? No, Emily, you can't put Dobby in this show as well. Okay, welcome. Welcome to the flavor that Emily brings to Half Damage. That doesn't make it to the Half Damage episode. Because Half Damage episodes are like 45 minutes to an hour long. And we record for three hours at a time. This is two out of the three hours. Is Emily fucking around with Dobby? Why do you have a Dobby plush on hand? Because it makes... It's me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes uncomfortable. Also... He, he could take off his shirt if don't he wants. Don't take off his he shirt. No. Emily, Emily, please don't strip Dobby for us. <laughs> he, he, he now doesn't have don't it on his shoulder. Don't give a sexy shoulder. No, don't bring the moment. fucking strap down. I don't want sensuous Dobby. <laughs> I just realized that you could kind of twist his leg. Just don't it twist it around. Stop harassing Dobby. <laughs> Stop harassing us. <laughs> my hands automatically went to my titties because I was so scared. I was like, I need to shield myself. <laughs> Hey there, nerds. Welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat with your host, Ismay. Hope you're enjoying this episode where I apparently get high off pain medication and still think that I can do a podcast. I apologize for all of me. Uh, I didn't have a lot of a choice, but what happened happened. Uh, Hope that it is fun anyway, and that uh, some good came from my immense amounts of pain. Gonna quickly run through all the middle of the podcast break chat things for you guys. If you want to help us out, it would be really cool if you went and followed us on all of our social media if you have not done that already. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, all you have to do is go on to those places and go to the little search things and search for Crit Chat. You'll find us. It's got our logo and everything splashed all over it. We've also got our Discord. The link to that is in the description, as well as the links to, you know, all of our other social media. So you should just go there for all the things. Uh, if you want all of the links to all of our everything, uh, you can also go to our website at critchatpodcast.com. It's got all of our links to all of our social media. It also has little information about all of your sweet DMs that are a part of the show. So if you want to know a bit more about those people, go on to our website and you can learn a bit more. Uh, everyone wrote their own little blurbs about themselves. Uh, they're very fun to read. Uh, I always love reading things like that because it really shows what you want people to know about you. Um, and some people uh, wrote about like the things that they're passionate about and they're, like their love of D&D. And then Emily wrote her thing. So if <laughs> if you want to see uh, what Emily thinks is an important thing for the world to know until the end of time, go to our website at critchatpodcast.com. Um, <laughs> next up, uh, if you want to help us out in a money's way, you can do that by going on to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash critchat, all one word. Any level you get, a little behind the scenes footage from the things we do. Uh, they're all lots of fun little clips for you to listen to there. And yeah, in general, it, no matter what you donate, even if it's 
just a dollar a month. That's not very much money, uh, but it really helps us out out because we need to, you know, put this out on a bunch of platforms and that requires money. It also is really good if we're able to have like a little storage of cash for if people like need, you know, replacement things for the podcast so that they can still sound beautiful while doing it. So as I say, as much or as little as you can give there, that would be really, really helpful, really wonderful. It would make my heart smile. But honestly, the best thing that you can do for us is to tell people about us. I'm recording, hey, I'm recording this the day before my birth. hey, it's my birthday, guys. It's the day before my birthday, so it's technically, it's kind of my birthday. So like, f- you want to give me a birthday gift? Of course you do. My birthday gift is you tell people to listen to our cool show, and that's it. <laughs> That's all. Hey, if I have one birthday wish, is that you go and tell a friend that you think that might like Crit Chat to listen to Crit Chat. That would do me so right. Thank you for my birthday present. Oh my god, you didn't have to get me anything. Like, you really didn't. I mean, you do. Please do it. But, like, you didn't have to get me anything. You're such a sweetie. Oh my goodness. Uh, So do that. Thank you. Uh, We mentioned it in the episode at the end, but just to reiterate, we do another podcast. It's called Half Damage. Uh, It is an actual play podcast where we play through Curse of Strahd, but bastardized so, so very much. Bastardized so very much. Uh, It's a very good show. Uh, We just recorded another episode yesterday, and it's one of my favorite things to record because I get to talk to my cool friends and have just a nice time. It's got all the emotions in it. You'll feel love, you'll feel hate, you'll feel scared sometimes, and you'll You'll feel a lot of laughter bubbling up all in yourself. So go and listen to Half Damage wherever you find podcasts. I'm going to let you get back to the show now. Hope that you're having a wonderful day and I'll see you later. Wish me a happy birthday on social media. Hey, wish me a happy birthday. It's definitely passed by the time this episode comes out, but whatever. I'll still take it. What gets us back on the on the wagon? <gasps> so right, we got level one. Level one essentially just cheat them. Most of my advice is just essentially Evel's advice with nerfing things. You just take cruel enemies, and when, when your players are looking rough, the next hit they do, oh, it actually murdered them. Don't worry too much about it. Like that's uh, not murdered the players, murdered the the creature that they're fighting. They'll never know. Lying is the best weapon in a DM's arsenal. Lying. I will stand by it a hundred. Right. Because, like, it's a good tactic for making these early fights feel, uh, like, a little cinematic. How does one continue the level appropriateness as you go along in the game? Is it all cheating and lying? Or is there, like, a cheat sheet way of not letting things uh, murder your, your players? I think there is a sweet spot right around level 3 to level 9. Right before your players become incredibly wickedly super powerful. At that point, right there, you could actually use uh, CRs. Yes. You can use the CR rating tool and, like, judge it against the party, do the whole thing that it outlines in the DMG. Uh, There's also a fantastic website called uh, Cobalt Fight Club that uh, I, like, even at higher levels, I still use to, like, start off my encounter generation and then go from there. But in that, you know, early, mid-leveled range, it's perfect it will generate exactly what you're looking for if you do that you will have maybe not the most inventive encounters but balanced ones and ones that you know will not murder your your players outright it's good to throw out the uh, dnd beyond all also have a, an encounter builder in beta or something at the moment and it does very much a similar thing mm-hmm. to cobalt fight club um, where it will tell you on a scale of very easy to deadly to this would kill tiamat um <laughs> if the if it's a balanced fight or not Spoiler, it's pointless 
because it uh-huh. will rate anything as deadly. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well. So I just had my players fight harpies and like six at level two. So I was like, cool, six of them should be, cool, six of them is deadly. Cool, let's double that number and then we'll be fine. <laughs> a-, a lot of things with like encounter calculators and things like that, they're they're good for a starting place, but you, you have to learn how to judge yeah. your players a lot of the time. Because like you might have players that have like fully like optimize their characters like they they know what like the best class race combos are and they're gonna fucking use that uh but then you have others that are just doing it for story-based reasons so an encounter that might be down as like moderate or maybe even easy might not be that if your characters are not there for combat <laughs> knowing your players definitely yeah. helps They'll, you'll know whether at, at that kind of point if you've been playing since level one or level three or whatever at that kind of point you'll have a feel of how good your players are at specific kind of encounters you will also know what they like to do in other scenarios so if your players are not those oh i check the room for traps characters you can put some traps in baby if they're not uh i'm going to incite that character players everyone's lying to them now baby (laughs) also to piggyback off of what chase was saying earlier you can still have higher level baddies so long as you have like little minions or little things that they can take care of Because then you can totally still make it more of a story-based combat, which I like because I hate combat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, reoccurring villains is all really do. Like just have your big baddie show Mm -hmm. up and then have like the little minions pop in. So that way, like while your characters are fighting the minions, you can kind of give more story to what the villain is actually trying to do. So that's like your rising action in the middle of your climax is up gotta fight everything around me that's actually not very hard but like maybe every other round your big baddie throws out an attack like your big baddie doesn't have to attack every round Mm -hmm. when you're playing video games the big baddie doesn't attack every round sometimes they have to reload so does they're defending themselves and immune to all damage (laughs) while they throw dumb minions at you for the next 20 minutes uh for anyone that for anyone that listens this that does dm and just uh, which hopefully is everyone listening to this. I don't know why. I... Yeah, I was gonna say like Adam. Otherwise, I don't know why what? I pre- yeah, I don't know why I preface that. Probably a majority. Um, don't, uh, for running combat at, at any level, don't just unless it's like low level combat. Don't just have the one enemy with a bazillion HP because they're gonna fucking wear that down in one or two rounds as quickly as they can because the action economy is offset you need to have minions in and you need to have just or just have it have another turn in combat for some unexplained reason that you can make up later legendary actions um for that reason as well things like that you need to make sure that your combat is balanced otherwise mm-hmm. they're gonna run all over you and you're gonna hate it it's also it, it makes for more interesting combat as well because if you've just got like a big enemy that essentially all it does is hit you and then sit there and take a hundred hits. It's less interesting than if you have, you know, a, a thing that might be a little squishier, but you've still got you've got like layer actions and crap that happen around you that makes it a little more, you know, interesting and fun. And they have to dodge things as long as well as uh, hit things. Yeah. All right. We, we've done like a whole episode on uh, high level things, so we don't need to go uh, super into it. But yeah, we're back here again, being like. Good goddamn, are your players just, after, what was it, after level 15, 
essentially god. I think I was on that episode. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How to run high tier plays? Mm-hmm. Don't stop it at level fifteen and. Level 15 to 20 is exclusive to mm-hmm. big one-shots or campaign finales. Don't do it. It's not worth the hassle that you go through and the stress and the depression and the crippling loneliness right. as you spend your time trying to figure out a monster that is just going to kill them one hey, shot or I, they're just going to kill them. And, uh, uh, oh, oh, no. Hey, the podcast is done. Nutella. I need to run around the corner real quick and hug Adam. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> High high level is only fun for the player. Yeah. It's not really fun for the DM. <laughs> I feel like at that point, it's just you setting up like a big scary thing and being like, what cool ways can you punch this thing to death? Like, yeah. I set, I set up a mimic house, which had 500 HP, and the paladin almost one-shot it. Those kinds of games, those are the, um, they're like those tr- like trampoline playgrounds. <laughs> For little kids, like if you take a gymnast to one of those, that's what <laughs> high level D and D is. Like, hey, I'm gonna take you to this cool place. Jump around, show me some cool shit. Let's let's have like real quick. Let's have like kind of a gritty action movie, and let's see how that plays out. It's kind of like aging D and D level play because yeah, in the very beginning, you want it to be very story heavy because they don't really know what they're doing yet. When they're mid tier, you kind of get more flexibility with what you can do. But once they get up to the god tier, you want to make it story heavy again. Yeah. Or else they're going yeah. to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it, it equals out. Yeah. So it's just, it, it almost, once you get to that point and you have your big baddie or the big event or the big something that yeah. culminates, yeah. it's really just got to be a series of choices that your characters make and how they can creatively figure out how they're going to deal with those choices. Yeah. The ramifications of what those choices do to them will affect how they interact with the giant situation more than what their action-y stuff do that the, the the abilities that they have should just be a flavor added on to the final battle yeah because for the for the the longest time when it comes to high level play if you're gonna do combat you need to know how to homebrew and you need to know how to like actually buff and give monsters feasible abilities. The level, like the Lich, which to be fair, that's like a level 12 or 13 encounter. It's spell save DC is 17. Your pa- your players are going to beat that on a bad roll. Like yeah. you need to have your saves in the late 20s if you actually want things to be a challenge. Um, for the long for the longest time, that the most the hardest the, the like the monster with the most most HP was Tiamat, and that was a fight at the end of uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, a rise of probably Rise of Tiamat. Actually, that sounds what that one sounds probably a bit better. Probably that one. Um, <laughs> that feels, where that feels it. you're not meant to fight Tiamat because you're like level ten. If you do, you'll die. But she'll be slaughtered by level twenties. Like yeah. they're so overpowered at that point. For my campaign ending fight for my Out of the Abyss, which finished about a year or so ago. They were level 15 and the end boss had over a thousand hit points and they still done incredibly well. So you need to learn how to scale. I think, yeah, like no matter what level you're, you're DMing for, I feel like no matter what, like the best skill that you can learn mm-hmm. as a dm is adaptability and by adaptability i mean lying mm-hmm. and cheating about what abilities these things have because like no matter no matter how how yeah. good you are or how long you've been dming for there will always be a point where you're like okay this seems like a fair balance encounter and mm-hmm. either your players will rip the shit out of it or it will rip the shit out of your players uh and it's just uh having to kind of on the fly 
come up with something like maybe maybe the a character mm-hmm. uses a spell that they haven't used the rest of the encounter and you're like oh for some reason that's its weakness and yeah. it loses half of its hit point and now it's weak to all their attacks yeah or be like yeah now the the ground falls away and you have to do this fight in midair who's got feather fall like <laughs> doing doing little extra things to try and balance out something that is ridiculously difficult to balance uh because you don't know your player's mind and all of like their spells and all the spells' abilities, because you're only one bitch and you're sleepy a lot of the time, and you don't want to look up what the spells do. You don't probably know. So, on that note, uh, I actually have a recommendation for uh, creating an encounter at any level. Oh, hell yeah. Um, fucking ignore spells. <laughs> Make your own abilities. Yeah. Because if you start using named spells, you are going to spend yes. half of your fight looking up the spell and remembering what it does and trying to remember what the, you know, what the save is against and then your players are going to correct you because of course you're going to remember wrong at least once. Um Oh, I just used I use online tools for that so it gives me the spell right next to it. Sure. And Sometimes that works. I don't have full D&D Beyond, which is, I, I know, like, if I had that, that would solve a lot of the problems I have. Um, but in this instance, what I end up doing is picking, like, maybe, like, three or, like, if it's a higher level guy, three or four spells, uh, converting those into abilities that they can just do effectively whenever. If it's a higher level spell, maybe give it a recharge on a five or a six yeah, and do something like that so that I can free up some of my brain space for the actual tactics of it. Um, another big proponent of this, the person who actually gave me the idea to do this, is Matt Coville. Uh, his content and advice is just very, very good. And I, the other uh, thought that I had is specifically regarding uh, high level combat um, is we've talked a lot about you know really trying to make it balanced. Uh, the other option is just just don't. <laughs> I do like that option. Just, hey, just don't because so I had um, I think right around the last time I was on might have been when this happened. Uh, but I had the uh, distinct pleasure of running a two shot adventure for my home group, um, which at that point was eight people strong. It Ooh. was when they were level nineteen and twenty, um, and because it, it was the and it was essentially served as the epilogue to the you know the three years that we had been playing these characters for about three years as like I want to run the epilogue campaign I know this world really well and I know a part of this world we haven't been to I want to do effectively the beach game with a little bit of combat mixed in there and I you know threw some stupid numbers down to you know for to challenge them and you know I I made a, a a neat vampire encounter for them to go up against uh and that was cool and fun but at the same time it was like okay I'm just going to put numbers down and when I get tired of running this combat if <laughs> yeah. I get tired before the numbers run out I am going to make them these things are going to take some serious damage yeah. and fortunately my numbers turned out to be about right Nobody was seriously in danger, but, you know, the handful of times people did get hit, they got hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all you really need. You just need to, like, chonk a cut your rogue once or twice and people will feel the peat. I like, I like the- Chonk the rogue. I like the idea of, like, not making things balance as well. Like, 
I, I, I'm always a big fan of ones that people are supposed to win easily or supposed to not win. I always love a not win. The supposed win. to lose fight. Oh. If you've got the right group, the supposed to lose fight is it's very so good. so good. And like... You have to have the right group, though. And it, oh, yeah. Like, like, they might tell you that it's a bit bullshit. It might be a bit bullshit, but it's also fun because then it, you get to do some deus ex like, oh, but like you guys have the hand of fate on your shoulders, so you're not supposed to die. Not here, not now. And then they wake up and have lived to fight another day. Something also that's worth doing, be upfront with your players. If you go to them and say, hey, I've got some hot bullshit cooked up for you. <laughs> it's on a skillet. It's ready to go. You are going to eat it. Trust me as your DM, this is going to be interesting and this is going yeah. to be a good time. I know this is not fair. The I that that fairness is not the idea here. Fairness comes later when you win. <laughs> yeah. Today is not the day you win. Yeah, that, I, and I, there is I do that as well. Nothing wrong with being upfront yeah. about that. Yeah. I preface a lot of my I know not a lot of my I preface every single one of my campaigns with I do not want to TPK you. That means yeah. the campaign ends, and none of us yeah. want mm-hmm. that. So yeah. just roll with anything that happens, and I do too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "This is the day that I want you all to die." Yeah. My, my dream oh, is you're... for you to live. You're against us. Well, I'm putting obstacles in your path, but I don't want you to go and yeah. die. Please don't. Please don't die. But I'm so excited for Theros, man. Like, oh. if they die, it's not just game over. They they go to the underworld. Yeah. That's a tangible place. I get to do underworld shit. So fun. So excited. Oh, Lord. okay. I think that that's about all we've got time for on this episode. Does anyone have any like last minute things? Uh, when in doubt, look up how to write. That's my that's my biggest thing. Uh, look at basic mm. story structure. See how like your favorite video games. See how your favorite TV shows. Look at like half hour TV shows. Um, or hour long because uh, yes. half hour yep. is very condensed and it teaches you how the beat of a story is supposed to go because kind of like Adam was saying, you're you're not the villain. You're just throwing situations at your characters. Half hour television is specifically designed to, in a very short amount of time, throw out a problem, an increased problem, a climax and a resolution like in a very short amount of time. And it's, if you yep. look at sitcoms, that's the easiest place to look because you're able to, it it like tells you word for word what part of the story that you're at. So um, see kind of like the situations that your favorite TV shows and video games throw at people. And you can use those to help add flavor to your story without creating an outright combat encounter. I know that because I'm going to grad school for it. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, are What's you going to grad school? Oh my God. Emily, are you going to grad school? I'm now? going to grad school. Oh my God. Oh my God. What? Where do you go to grad school? Yeah, I'm going to study television writing and producing. I'm going to be a showrunner. <laughs> what? Yay, our baby. Hire me. Oh. Hire me. Hire me. <laughs> Hire me. I just learned that as a showrunner, I'll be able to be in control of who gets hired and who doesn't. So. Hire me. Wow. I'm not going to turn my game up for this bet, but Thank hire you, me. Thank you, Adam. Hey, Adam won't turn his gain up for uh, a bit. Please do hire him. That's that's some good, that's some restraint. All right, so that's our show. That was uh, my brain still not working. We should do the plugs thing that we do with plugs. Uh, Adam, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Redscar. Uh, that's R E D S K A R Um, or don't. My life won't really change if you do or don't. To be that's honest. Fair. 
Um, Chris, Chris Perkins follows me, the designer and lead director of Dungeons and Dragons. That's uh, terrifying. Don't that's know why. just a thing that's happened. Um, yeah, I probably have other stuff, but I can't remember. So I forgot yeah. all of it. Uh, Chase, do you have anything for us? Certainly. Uh, my name is Chase. You can follow me on Twitter at TQLoudly. You can follow me uh, on my sundry podcasts that I am on and uh, produce. Um, They are all found within the Ghostlight Media Network. Uh, I am the DM on Another Path. I am a player in the Cypher system on Imprinted Echoes. Uh, And I am the Mostly Quiet producer on Shakespeare, which now is an excellent time to hop on Shakespeare. uh, Because for uh, getting close to three years now, maybe a little bit more than three, almost three years now, we have been going through the entire uh, Shakespeare catalog and we're almost done. Right? Like we've almost done all the Shakespeare plays. I think we're doing Two Noble Kinsmen not next. Like we've got Hamlet, Two Noble Kinsmen and Macbeth to go. Oh. That's it. And Two Noble Kinsmen has some serious authorship debates. And if you want to hear more about that, listen to Shakespeare. I recommend starting with the Winter's Tale episode because that plays fucking bonkers. <laughs> Uh, Emily, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I am on a little podcast called Half Damage, and I play Sorry, What'd You Say? What's that about? It's uh, about how much we love Strahd, who is also Hugh Jackman, and you guys get to see how terrible of a player I am. Um, And in a way, it's me all the time. Oh, um, and where can I find such an interesting podcast? Is, our, am I doing? Am I doing it right? You're doing so am good. I doing I'm very thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> uh, anywhere podcasts are required, and where you feel you would like to say that you listen to them the most, and then uh, next year, um, I'll, I should have. Uh, I, I'm currently working with one of my UCLA alums, um, and we're going to have a podcast that hopefully comes out by January of next year, or starts coming out by January. So I'll be. Letting y'all know more about that. Oh, excited for future project. Excited for future project. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, if you want to find me, you can find me uh, everywhere at A Teacup Gamer. I am A Teacup Gamer on uh, Twitter and on Instagram and mostly on Twitch. Uh, I, twi- I go on Twitch mostly every day if I can uh, and play a lot of games. Currently, I'm playing a lot of Borderlands 3 because I'm doing a yeah. selfish and doing what I want to fucking play. And what I want to play is Borderlands 3 forever. <laughs> Game's so good. Check it's out Borderlands very, 3. Just Borderlands is like my favorite franchise and I just I'm just having a delightful time. So if you want to see me having a delightful time that is twitch.tv forward slash ATCupGamer and you can come and hang out with me on there. Uh, if you want to find Crit Chat you can find us on iTunes by searching Crit Chat and Podcast. I think it's a five star rating. <laughs> I can words for this five star show. It's a five star show even if I can't fucking speak. Uh, or you can find us on all the best podcast apps every other Saturday. Until then, I have been Isme. I've also been Esme. No, wait, what? <laughs> I am Isme, I guess. Oh, no. Emily. I've got one not Isme, baby. Oh, it's been me this whole time. Oh, God. <laughs> You've been listening to Crit Chat. I'm going to have an existential crisis. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you tired of watching your beloved characters being tortured by careless authors? Are you sick of feeling like they could have swapped out all of the painful action and the plot would remain untouched? 
Subscribe to Books That Burn, the fortnightly book review podcast focusing on fictional depictions of trauma. We assume that the characters' reactions are reasonable and focus on how badly or well they were served by their authors. Join us for our minor character spotlights, main character discussions, and favorite non-traumatic things in the dark books we love. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.